0: Welcome to Centerpoint Church Podcast. At Centerpoint Church, we are a community of believers impacted by God's saving grace and the love He demonstrated in Jesus Christ. Our response to this amazing grace is to allow it to transform our lives and share it with others. As a body of believers, we find our purpose in knowing Christ, growing together, and reaching beyond ourselves to help others do the same. As we kick off our Advent series, Christmas lights, join us as we study in Luke chapter one. There are many lights in scripture that point us to the light, Jesus. Are you one too?
1: Uh, my name is Cy McMahon. I'm Canvas campus pastor here for Centerpoint in Hayward. And I'm super stoked you have chosen to join us. Uh, so thank you uh, for being here. So if you're joining us online or in person, awesome. If you're joining us online, you're missing out today. Just heads up, I warned you last week, you disregarded. That's on you, not on me. Uh, So a few announcements. I have no idea what order I put them in. I put these things in here, you think I would know. No idea. What do we got? Discover Centerpoint, all right. Last chance this calendar year to get Discover Centerpoint. It's gonna be an awesome night, everything. So it's three weeks of Discover Centerpoint wrapped into one night from 6 to 8.30. Be right upstairs in the loft area. Uh, here at the Haywarden campus, 6: 830, Tuesday, December 5th, please sign up to let us know that you're coming so that we can have everything you need for the night prepared for you. That would be absolutely amazing. You could stop by next steps uh, to sign up uh, so that we can plan on you. Uh, Going to be a great evening. I hope you can make it. What's next? T-shirt giveaway. New T-shirt. Don't look at the model. look at the t-shirt. I promise you it'll look better on you than it does on me. But we're giving away t-shirts to everybody who's here, so after the service head out, uh, we'll have some volunteers out there helping you find your size. We have kids' sizes, uh, a few kids' sizes, so go get your children. Don't forget about them. We want you to take them home with you and with a shirt, so go grab them and uh, get a shirt for them. Right after the service, they'll be pulled out. Tables will be pulled out. It'll be pretty obvious where to get the T-shirts. And last one, CenterPoint Kids program is December 17th. So that's coming up uh, really fast. Save the day. It'll be 3 p.m. here at the campus. This thing is handy. This tells you all of that information way more clearly than I did. So grab one of those. There should be one on a chair next to you or you're sitting on it. Either way. Okay, so we're opening up a new series. It's called Christmas Lights. Uh, so we have some Christmas lights to help get us in the mood, which I think is good. So why are we doing Christmas lights? So this the obvious. If you drive around, uh, you drive around town, especially now after Thanksgiving, you see some Christmas lights up in different places. If you happen to be one of the couple thousand people who did the train yesterday, you saw some Christmas lights Um, that was awesome. Uh, There's stores, downtowns are starting to put Christmas lights up. So the Christmas lights are out. Yet that's not the reason we're doing a series called Christmas lights. So the story of Christmas is, is really clearly about one person. It's about Jesus. And so the the idea is that there's, a, there's many points within the, the stories leading up to the birth of Jesus that points to light. And Jesus, and and and, and Nicole almost stole all the thunder this morning reading from John chapter 1. Um, but Jesus is the light of the world. And that's where we're that's where we're headed. That's the that's the, that's the end game in the Christmas lights series, as we introduce Jesus as the light of the world. But in the stories that are told about the coming birth of Jesus or about the birth of Jesus over and over and over again, we have things going on that point to light. Now, light's fairly significant in our lives, would we say? Yes. Can you think the last time that you did not have electricity and how active you were in your house? Like if you have no electricity it's like well we can't do anything. Like at all we can't we can't read, can't nothing can happen. And then you're you looking for a flashlight that works besides your phone, anybody even know where one is in their house? Anybody? We got a couple you're all one family. I'm not counting you as extra. <laughs> if that's one, there's one flashlight, right? So like, we don't know where flashlights are, and then somebody's like, "We should get candles." That's worse, right? Because those candles are for decoration, not to actually be burned. And so then, when you light one, you're like, "Ah, not the pretty candle," <laughs> because we're so, we're so dependent on lights that we. We can't even think of not having light. And so, what we miss is that in Jesus' day, the only light that exists is with that by fire or the light that would come from the sky, stars, the moon, or the sun. That's the light. They couldn't flip a switch on, which, side note, do your light switches at your house go off? <laughs> I'm just asking for a friend. Is ours or no? There's zero chance that they can go off. Not sure why that is, but it is true. It is true. Um, so anyway, that's the, that's the series. That's where we're headed. We're going to be talking about light into a dark place. And as always, so if this is your first time at Centerpoint in Hayward, and you're going to learn this. um, But otherwise, you should know this, how are we going to play into the story? What is our role going to be? We can't just be hearers of the word. We are called to be doers of the word. So we're going to read a lot of Scripture. The story we're going to start with is the story of the prophesying or the prophecy of the birth of John the Baptist and then we're going to talk a little bit about his his birth. So if you have a Bible, you can go to chapter 1 of the book of Luke. Luke is one of the four gospels and so the gospels is the good news, it's the narrative stories of the life of Jesus and there's four of them Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And so Luke's the third one. It's about, yay, far back in your Bible, if you want to grab your Bible. If you have an electronic device you read the Bible from, flip that open. Uh, That would be awesome. Uh, Awesome as well. We're going to start in verse 5. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Aaron. And when the time came for burning incense, when the time for burning incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, "Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John." He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, because he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in, this, in spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angels, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. Note, Zechariah did not call his wife old. Well played, Zechariah. That's free, gentlemen. Free. Just come to Center Point Hayward and get all sorts of stuff. All right. <clears throat> the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple. For he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant for five months, and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace, among the people. Okay, we're gonna fast forward a little bit. So, it was a big deal back in that day if you couldn't have kids. Like, kids were your lineage, your inheritance, uh, how your name stayed alive, and, and um, <clears throat> your name, like genealogy, was a massive deal uh, to the Jewish people. Like, when people were introduced, it was like, hey, I'm, I'm Cy, son of Michael, son of Keith, son of Thomas. And then I run out of great—I don't remember my next great-grandpa. It's probably Thomas. That's a good guess, but I don't remember. But, like, that's how people introduce themselves, which is weird. But that's how they did it. So if you didn't have kids, like, then your line ended. And that was devastating. And so this was a big deal, even in their old age that came. All right, so fast forward. Uh, We're going to verse 57, if you're following along. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son— her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, no, he is to be called John. Note, that was a big deal for her to say, speak out like that. Like normally that wouldn't have been very cool. But she was like, I know how this is supposed to go. He can't talk. This is what his name is supposed to be. So they said to her, but there's no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue set free, and he began to speak, praising God. All the neighbors were filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand is with him. A spectacular passage, and maybe one that doesn't often get associated with uh, the Christmas story, although I think it should, um, because John is the is the cousin of Jesus. And John's birth is the first miraculous birth in the story. The next one is, of course, Jesus. And if we continued to read, that's where, where, we, would, where we would go as we would talk and hear about Mary and what the angel told to Mary. But the same angel talked to these two women or uh, t- inserted themselves into the story. So, we're talking about light. In two different places uh, in this story, light was prevalent part of the story. So the, the first one we'll talk about is the coming of the angel. There's an angel named Gabriel, and oftentimes we don't know the names of the angels that show up in the Bible. They don't always say their name when they come, um, but they often uh, show up in the Bible to come and speak a word from God And every time uh, an angel shows up, people are struck down in fear. So almost always you hear the angel say something like, do not be afraid or don't fear. And part of the reason that is is how they show up. And if you go and you Google an image of an angel, you're going to get something that looks like this. So, every single image you find has light engulfing the being. So, light and angel are almost synonymous. When the angel shows up, light invades the space. Light. Something that was unbelievably powerful. At the time that Zechariah saw this, there are only two ways to get light. You'd light a fire, or there was a star, the moon, or the sun. There was no other light. And so it's not like the, the angel was carrying around one of those selfie rings. No you know what I'm talking about? Kids, where you at? You know, like, didn't have the selfie ring behind him. And like, ah. That's not what was going on. Like, light was coming from Gabriel. Now, I don't know how that works. I'm just telling you that that's how it is that light is part of the story. And in this time, for light to show up like that, obviously messed with Zechariah. Now, not to the point where he didn't just believe him. He still asks, like, I don't think so, man. I'm pretty old. But light coming from the angel, invading earth, invading into the story of an old priest and his wife for the purpose of their coming son, who is called John. Now, an interesting note, something that Gabriel says about John, it's in verse 15, it says this. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He's never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. Now, in today's church world, somebody being filled with the Holy Spirit is, is a normal conversation, because we believe, so we believe when when we receive the free gift of grace from Jesus that we are filled with His Spirit, because Jesus says, I leave for you an advocate. He comes in my place. When I go, He comes. The Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us. There's a story Uh, In the book of Acts, it talks about the Holy Spirit coming upon the apostles as they waited in an upper room on the day of Pentecost. And the Holy Spirit shows up, and if you read that passage, the Holy Spirit shows up as tongues of fire. The Holy Spirit is referenced as light. Angel, who is himself light, who appears as light, says that God's light, the Holy Spirit, will be in him before he is born. This would have been a foreign concept to these people at this time in in history. They didn't have an idea that the Holy Spirit would live the spirit of God would live within a man. The spirit of God would live within a woman. They did not have a concept that that was a thing like we do. They also said that God was just giving him his spirit. He did nothing to earn it. Just placed in him this light. It was from God for the purpose of talking about the light of the world. So John was born, and he lives this really strange life. He kind of is a loner. He's kind of out on his, his own. One would assume his parents were really old when he was born. They probably passed away. He probably was on his own longer And maybe most people would have been in that time. And he ended up out in the wilderness. And there's a ton of great nuggets in that passage. It talks about John being the one who brings people back to God. So John stood at the Jordan River and preached repentance and asked people to come into the river and be baptized, this baptism of repentance, to walk away from the sinful life that you've been living and stand in repentance. Come and be baptized and wash away your sins. So John preached this in the wilderness and hordes of people were heading out from Jerusalem to the Jordan and it got the the ire up of the Pharisees, the the leaders of, uh, of the church and the kind of the rule keepers of like, hey, is what he's saying legit? And people even came to him and said, are you the Messiah? Are you the one we've been waiting for? And John's like, nah. I'm not, I'm not him, but when he comes, you better watch out. And John was really clear what his job was. So John was a light. He himself was a light. The Holy Spirit dwelled within him, and because of that, he was light. And the interesting thing about light is, if there's a light on in a dark place, what do you see? See the light. We were driving uh, home. I don't remember where we were coming from, but... um, We were we're driving home the other night, and uh, we saw the big uh, ethanol plant uh, here around Hudson. You guys know what I'm talking about? There's some lights over there, yeah? Right? And so from a long ways off, one of the kids is like, hey, that's Haywarden. I'm like, well, no. But that is a lot of lights, right? And so from a long way off in a dark place, you see the lights. And that's, that's part of John's story. He stood out. People could see him because he was light. But here's another key to what light does. Do you have any eye experts in the room? Any ophthalmologists or optometrists in the room? Good, because I'm probably not going to get this right. But we're going to give it a shot. So our eyes... How they, they only work when there's light available. So, so light makes things visible because light reflects off of an object that then makes it to be able to be seen by our eyes, because our eyes take in light and and translate that information into our brains to make us understand what we're seeing but it's only able to be seen because the light. So light can be seen in a dark place and the only way we can see is because of the light. Light allows us to see everything. Without light, we see nothing. Reminds me of something Jesus said think once like you're blind he healed a blind man a blind man said I was blind but now I can see I mean Jesus spit in some mud and rubbed it on his eyes and he washed himself and he's like hey I can see now he said well I was, I, all I know is I was blind and now I can see what happened He'd seen the light. Jesus. Jesus is the light. And by Jesus, we can see all things. This is the the Christian worldview. That through the lens of Jesus, with the help of the light, Jesus, the light, we can see all things. And from this perspective, we try to go about and live our lives. And at the same time, at the same time, we ourselves are a light, but not for the purpose of just drawing attention to ourselves. We, we are a light so that we can point people to the light. Just like John did. John shows up and he's preaching, he's preaching something these people either have never heard or they haven't heard in a long time. They're, they're not even sure. He's legit. <clears throat> he's saying, come and repent, be baptized, wash away your sins. Do something different than you've been doing. And he drew attention. And out in the wilderness, which is where John lived, and the Jordan was a long ways away uh, from the city of Jerusalem, out at the Jordan, um, they see this kind of a kerfuffle going on out there. Like, what is going on? John was a light. And when they got close to John, John said, it's not me. I'm just here to tell you about the light. John came to make a way for the one who was coming after him. John came to set the stage for Jesus who was coming after him, who was greater than him. John was a light whose whole job is to point people to the light. It's not a bad gig if you can get it. Right? Not a bad gig if you can get it. So we have a job. Especially in this Christmas season. Right? In this Christmas season, our, our default response, our default thought might be, What can I get? What can I get? And maybe that's not everybody, and that's good, but this is kind of the season of. Of, of, of every input that you generally take, making clear to you how bad you have it because you don't have this certain thing and you need to get it. And I don't know everybody's story. And maybe, and maybe you, you do need some things But I can promise you, you don't need a titanium phone. I don't care what Apple tells you. You do not need it. You may want it because it's titanium. I don't know what difference that makes. Like... If we, if we have any electrical engineers in the room, please stop by the Welcome Center. Explain it to me. But we do, I don't think we need it. You may want it, and that's okay. That's okay, but I don't know that we need it. And for those of you who are hoping with all hope that there will be a Lexus with a big red bow in your driveway on Christmas morning, Maybe, all right? You can probably buy one of them bows and I would just put it on your car that's already in the garage and be like, look what I got you. Your car that you already have. That was a good financial decision. right, so like these these stories are built up about what we need, And I I understand that some of us have real and actual needs, and I hope and pray that our community can come around you and help provide those actual needs for you. But for the things that aren't actual needs, can we let them go? And can we be a light in a dark place? Can in our communities, where we live, and our places of work, in the schools that we go to, can we, can we be a light? Can we just approach this season differently? Can we not be all about, well, what can I get out of every situation? What can I get from everyone else? Can we be more about a different approach? We got one more song to sing. The band's going to come up and play for us. So the question I have is how can you be a light that points to the light? So how can you be a light that points to the light. Because I promise you, if you're willing to exist, bless you, if you're willing to exist in this time, and in this place, and in our communities, and in our schools, and in our places of work, and in the places, your spheres of influence, if you're willing to be different, and not demand what you think you want, But to be a light and remind, remind people of what this is really all about. And keep pointing people to Jesus. If you can be a light, the Holy Spirit lives in you. If you're a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit resides in you. The light of God lives in you. be a light that points people to the light. How can you do that? How can you do that? Flip the script. Have people asking like, what is going on with Carl? Like Carl has been so joyful and happy and helpful and and he's asking how he can serve me. I don't know what to do with him, he's a weirdo. I hope that people call us all weirdos. Be a light that points people to the light. That's what John did. That's what John was made to do in friends. Jesus called John the greatest man who was ever born. And we, we have been born to do the exact same thing. Be a light who points to the light. That's our charge for this week, will you pray with me? Father, thank you for the gift of your word and these amazing stories of how you show up in the lives of regular everyday people that show up in our lives. Be big and loud this week. Remind us that we are a light, Lord, and remind us that it's our role in this season and this dark place, in the dark places that we have to spend time in. We are a light whose role it is to point to the light. God, give us courage and inspiration as we do all that you've asked us.
0: Thanks for listening to the Centerpoint Church Podcast. Be sure to keep up with us on social media at facebook.com slash wearecenterpoint or on Instagram at wearecenterpoint. We hope to see you soon in person for worship on Sundays at 930.